Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks that will no longer include Jadon Sancho, fancy advice as fast-moving as the Bundesliga's head coach merry-go-round, and two pundits whose expert status has finally been confirmed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood, and welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5. That's right, we are back for another campaign of fantasy fun, and let's just say that may be what my co-host needs after what went, or should I say who went down last season. A former official fantasy Bundesliga champion with no emotional attachment to the top flight. I tell you, ladies and gents, that is a dangerous proposition. He is the fantasy foosball god, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm just Three hours away from a one-week holiday, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling excited. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We have to sneak this one in quickly, ladies and gents, because Flo's not actually going to be available again before match day one. But we wanted to provide some pre-season content for you because we think this could be an interesting and a very exciting season in the official Fantasy Bundesliga. And we may, we hope at least, have some new listeners on board. But how was your summer, Flo? Before we get into the thick of things, how was your summer? Yeah, it's been pretty busy so far. So uh, I was really stuck in in the Olympics, stayed uh, two weeks at Hamburg doing some commentary stuff and just returned to Cologne on Wednesday. And we're recording Friday and then I'm off for one week going on holiday in the wunderschöne Emsland. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Wow. No, yeah. I mean, Olympics have been keeping everyone busy, really, to say the least. But I'm, I was glad to hear that you were involved in it all. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... A- Enjoyed it immensely, but, like, I have a, a hard time adjusting my sleep patterns again <laughs> to living living on Tokyo time for, for two weeks is is killing me. Yeah, living on Tokyo time without being in Tokyo. I mean, it's yeah. just not fun. <laughs> yeah, and I know you can't tell that, but I'm not 25 anymore. Ah, <laughs> oh, what? Come on, like the wit and the humor? That's a 25-year-old if ever I've heard it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but um, I really have a tough time uh, adjusting. I've, I have to say that. So I'm, I'm just randomly waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning and can't get back, back to sleep yeah. until like 6 a.m. and then getting up because the kids wake up at 7. It's, it's, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back on track during the holidays like i i really need like one week off yeah that's it i could i could imagine that no a chance to reset recharge and then come back for a, a nice tilt at trying to pit me in the official fantasy bundesliga this season after losing out for the very first time in four seasons of talking football fantasy that's what he claims that's what he claims ladies and gents i might have something to say about that but i'm I, to be honest flo I'm struggling to understand or believe, let's say, that I can go through a whole season making as few mistakes as I did last season. I feel like that might have been a rarity. I think there are going to be a few more maybe transfer decisions that slip through the cracks this season. But we will see. I have high hopes. I have high hopes. But let's get into the thick of things. When we're talking about official fantasy Bundesliga at the start of the season... We always like to kind of strip things back a little bit, take it back to the basics. For anyone that is new to the game, for anyone that's new to the podcast, welcome. To anyone that's returning, welcome back. But when it comes to the basics of official fantasy Bundesliga, you have a 150 million euro budget for 15 players, two goalkeepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three forwards. Now, unlike other fantasy games, there are a lot more ways to score points in the official fantasy Bundesliga game 
those come outside of goals, assists, and clean sheets. So I would highly recommend you read the scoring guide because it'll give you some very important information in terms of how to make your transfer decisions and which players you're looking to bring into your squads. There is a star player system in official fantasy Bundesliga. There is not just one captain like there is in the fantasy Premier League. Instead, we have three star players. You pick one per position. They get a 1.5 factor multiplier on their points. And just like you can with your lineup, And just like you can with your substitutions bench, you can make changes to those star players throughout the match day. There's a lot of flexibility in this game. That is something that we'll be preaching throughout this episode and throughout the season, if we're being honest. But what you do have is three free transfers per match day. That allows you to automatically bring in three new players before a weekend to really mix your team up and try and get the best out of them. And if anyone's asking about wild cards, we do have them in the official fantasy Bundesliga, but they're in a bit of a different format. And this year, the Bundesliga has confirmed when those wildcard rounds will be. Match day four, that's the summer transfer deadline day in the first international break. You've got on match day eight, the second international break. Match day 12 is the third international break. Match day 18 is the winter break. And then in the second half of the season, we will have one round of unlimited transfers. Match day 28, when the fourth international break takes place. A lot of information to take in there for anyone that is new. But Flo, anything to add? Yeah, I would say regarding the scoring rules, shot involvement is key in Bundesliga fantasy. So it can taking shots personally or setting up shots. That's pretty important. And winning challenges is a bonus, especially for defenders. So um, these are the key attributes I look at if I decide which players I want in my squad. I would say that's that's the most important part. And the fact that this game demands a bit more vigilance than others, doesn't it, Flo? Because you do want to take advantage of the fact that you can make changes throughout the weekend. Yeah, definitely be aware of the kickoff times to be able to rotate your star player and change it up. And that's important. And to be able to bring all your horsepower to the road. So being able to have... Or like if there's a Saturday afternoon kickoff time and you got 13 players playing, that's a bad strategy because like there are two players you can't put in your squad. And that's something you should avoid at all costs. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah, something else to point out that we normally do at the start of the season, it's this debate at the beginning of the season of how to choose your players. You've got 150 million. Do you go for 15 players that are going to be active or do you sacrifice maybe one or two that are just 1 million picks that will allow you then to have a bigger budget for the players that you put out on the field? I think Flo and I have certainly both come to the conclusion that the best format is 15 players if you can get there. Or or 14 if you're going with one goalkeeper. I I think that's viable. Although I personally prefer the two goalkeeper approach. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that short in, uh, shortly. But apart from that, you, you always have an advantage if all your players are playing. Because everyone, like in theory, everyone can have a pretty good day. So take you, you, you won't at least get a shot of these outlier performances from players that are maybe uh, ch- cheap, but like can give you a great points haul from from time to time, and and that's something you should give yourself that opportunity, and um, to swap out and uh, change your your squad during match day. That's definitely you. You pointed at out, uh, James is is key. 
No, absolutely. And then just one last thing to mention, because I realized I didn't do it. I mentioned the fact that you get three free transfers per match date, but those transfers do not have to be locked in until the kickoff time of the very first game. That does mean that yeah, you and can... And should not. And should not. Yes, actually, it's a highly recommended. I mean, if we can give you one hint, if there are two golden rules on, on maybe official fantasy Bundesliga, one is pick Robert Lewandowski, uh, and, and two is make sure you don't lock in your transfers until you know the starting lineups for the first game of the weekend. Most times that'll be a Friday night game, but there are a couple of occasions where you might get a batch of Saturday fixtures all at once, which you know the lineups from. That tends to happen after international breaks and can be a huge, huge advantage when it comes to making your player choices. So I think we've got over the basics, Flo. Shall we get our teeth stuck into some of the big questions that we've got coming into this season? Because I think the big theme, the big topic for me coming into this is uncertainty. We have had a whole host of head coaching changes in the Bundesliga. In fact, only four head coaches that started last season are starting this season. That's Urs Fischer, Christian Streich, Pellegrino Matarazzo and Sebastian Hernes. The question I have, Flo, given the fact that we have so many new managers at new teams, we don't know how they're going to set up, who their preferred players are going to be. How is that going to impact your decision-making preseason? It definitely means that I want to lock up players that I'm really certain are going to be in the first 11 come the first match day. And that's definitely trickier with new coaches. So re-recording on Friday, which means we haven't seen the cup results, but definitely the lineups from the cup will lead us in certain directions that we can't really prognosticate right now. But uh, I think that will uh, give us some hints who is going to be um, in the first eleven or not. And so I'm 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 taking my I, I'm taking blue chip players with my expensive picks. And I mean, there are some guys that cost you around three to five million, and I'm a bit more willing to gamble on playing time with these players uh, if I feel that if they playing, they can have a really huge impact because you save a lot of money and you are able to invest the big bucks. Uh, I think one um, thing we should mention. Like it's a hundred and fifty million you got. I'm not sure it's euros. I don't, I don't think the currency is. <laughs> so keep a currency of of your own choosing. It's so true. Uh, whatever you like, you can think of um, this currency. But um, the value of the players is increasing or decreasing uh, depending on how on how they perform uh, in the fantasy game, which leads to having a lot higher budget if you're successful in like one to two months. And I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten track, but I, I know that I was close to 200 million, I think, uh, at the end of last season. So which means you, you, you get yourself more flexibility on the transfer market if you are successful moving forward. But at the start... It's a bit stingy, I, I think. So I made I made a first draft of a that's, team. That's early. That's early like, for you, Flo. Normally you wait until about the kickoff yeah, time of the first game. <laughs> yeah, but usually we haven't. I, I'm not sure we haven't done an episode that early um, True. in preseason. I wanted to be prepared and I wanted to yeah just get a feel how prices work out. 
And I think you have to do some compromises going into the first match day. You definitely are not able to bring in all the players you want. That's not possible. And I think is like that's one of the key uh, questions you uh, you have to answer going into the first match day. So where are you willing to compromise the most? Are you spending up up front, which like has always been our reprimanded strategy? Well, we always were in favor of spending the big bucks for the attacking players. But we've seen defenders score big, especially the likes of, of Guerrero and Angelino. And I think these two, it's the question if you want to go with them or not, is what leads to well, what can you spend in other departments. So um, that's definitely something to be aware of. And um, yeah, keep, keep in mind that making the right choices enables you to have a better squad later on in the season. And that's also a big argument for getting players into your squad who actually play. Because if they don't play, they automatically decrease in value. So that's also one thing. If you later on sell these players, you, you get less unless they are at the minimum. So they can't go below 1 million. So if you get cheap players who, not, who are not playing, get the 1 million player, but... I think that's a given, but still. Yeah, but that's, it's a good warning that if you do pick a two million midfielder just to save on money, you will end up losing one million in budget if he doesn't play the first five or the first 10 games of the season, right? You lose 100,000 in value per match day. So after 10 match days, yeah, he would be down to one million and that would be it. So you'd have lost essentially a million of your budget unnecessarily. So yeah, certainly wouldn't recommend that. I mean, one of the great, you're talking about, you know, some of the big players and, and yeah, you're right. Our, our strategy with strikers has been a strong one, especially when you consider that they are the highest scoring players every season. Yes, we've had a couple of outlying defenders and midfielders that get in in the mix, but it's the big strikers that are top of the scoring charts. And I have to say, when I was playing around with my draft flow, something did strike me is that we talk about templates in fantasy football, and I was struggling to pick template players per se in defense and in midfield. But up front, I can't get away from the feeling that you almost have to have a template of Lewandowski, Holland, and Silva. Because while we preach differentials and we preach the fact that, yes, have a go on this striker because he might, you know, outscore them. I feel like over the course of the season, if you stick with these three strikers and you might end up, you know, kind of streaking ahead of the people that maybe gamble and don't pick one of them. Because I think it's fair to say we're not sticking our heads or necks too far out the window if we were to say these three strikers will be the three highest scoring strikers in the Bundesliga this season. And in that sense, in fantasy points, given the fact that it all does come from goals and shot contributions, and those are a huge part in the point system, I almost wonder whether it's very dangerous not to pick those three up front. How do you feel? I'm not that set on these three players. I mean, pretty set on Lewandowski, uh, who I'm not <laughs> kidding. But only because it's on a Friday evening. I told you that off air before. If Bayern were playing on a Saturday afternoon to start off the season, which they don't because they won and I know the, like the title holder always kicks off the Bundesliga on a Friday evening. So um, that wasn't in question, but still I probably would go without Lewandowski for the first match day. But afterwards they have two home games in a row against Cologne and Hertha. And so this is. If they had a, a worse schedule, I might think about leaving Lewandowski out, but not in, in these. But 
Like I, I see a guy like Andre Kramaric, for instance, uh, who was injured a lot last season. But if he's not, like if he's healthy and Hoffenheim second season under Hoeneß, uh, I think they have a squad that's capable um, of performing better. They brought in David Raum, who's like a really exciting guy for the left flank, which was kind of a weak point for Hoffenheim last season. And I mean, if, if he's able to contribute the way he did for Fürth in the second division, on, on, on nearly as good. Well, so, he was uh, the top, top assist provider in yeah, the Titan Liga, right? Yeah, um, he set up 15 goals in the second division. So outstanding, really good set-piece taker. Unfortunately, he's a midfielder in the game, so that makes oh, him less yeah. interesting. If he were a defender, like he was, he would definitely <laughs> yeah. be on top of my shopping list. But like a guy like Kramaric, I can see him outscoring, especially Silva, who we're not sure. Like we have, like he was great at Frankfurt, but like how much of adapting he, does he need in this like counter pressing, gegen pressing um, uh, style of? play at Leipzig we've seen players taking their time to adjust playing at Leipzig so he's in my draft right now but I'm not as confident that he like outscores a player like Ramaric a player I always underestimate what's with Wout Wehorst if he's not leaving Wolfsburg he, he could be one that's up top there and also a guy, a guy like Patrick Schick so I'm, I'm I think that Leverkusen is a pretty exciting team to watch maybe next season and, and Schick had a great Euro. If he's like the number one striker for Leverkusen, which I think is likely, and Leverkusen is clicking attacking-wise, so I, I, could, like, I, I wouldn't have a two-set of a opinion of any player. And we've seen with Haaland that he really needs to score he needs to score goals to to get points. He isn't a guy that, okay, he didn't score, but he gets you like 10 to 12 points anyway. That's not his forte. So he wins like two challenges a game. And there were games he was basically invisible <laughs> and, and you got punished. So um, I, I definitely think he's, he's really a boom or bust. Uh, we've seen that from him. And he, he really needs to score twice at least to, to give you really a score that, that matters. So if he scores once, he gives you a decent score, but that could be achieved by picking Demirovic or Freiburg on any given match day, I think. And so he, need, he, he really needs a brace. And with Haaland, you know, like he, braces and hat-tricks are coming. That's pretty certain. You, you just can't foresee on which games and which games he will hurt you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had that we had that problem with Timo Werner when he went through a patch of being the two-goal Timo. It'd be one go one game off, two goals in the next one, one game off, two goals in the next one. And we saw that pattern emerge with Haaland as well, especially towards the end of the last season. And we would like to see him produce a little bit more consistency. But the question is, is that too much to ask now that he doesn't have the Robin to his Batman in Jaden Sancho? I mean, it's going to be... That is one of the uncertainties coming into this. And I agree with you on Andre Silva because you look at Silva and it's so tempting, right? You go, oh, Andre Silva last season, if you take him out of that Frankfurt team and put him in that Leipzig team last season, they probably give Bayern a better run for their money in the title and he probably scores one or two more goals than he did for Frankfurt. But it's not that simple in football. 
And we've learned that time and time again, that you can't just quite pick up a player, put him in another team, and it works flawlessly. I do believe Andre Silva is that instinctual proven goal getter, but he's going to get goals at Leipzig no matter what. I think the service is too good. But I do agree with you, Flo, that it's not this given that it's going to hit Frankfurt form straight off the bat here. Yeah, and like I never saw it in templates, and I, I think you have to adjust during a season pretty quickly to, to stay ahead of the curve. And, and that's probably even more true this season with so many new coaches and so many changes uh, in the whole Bundesliga. And that's what I'm going to do. So um, I agree with you right now. Haaland, Silva and Lewandowski are the front runners up front. But like, if I would just pick for one match day, I think even a guy like Kalajic, Stuttgart is facing off third on the first match day. If he's healthy right now, is he's questionable. But if he's healthy... Like he's twelve million. You you like if you pick Kalajic over Haaland, you got four million you can invest elsewhere. And Kalajic, yeah, like he has still his Robin uh, with Borna Sosa. So <laughs> yeah, he does. You could go with both both of these players, and they could be the high scoring defender and high scoring striker on the first match. They wouldn't shock me at all. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, staying staying flexible, being courageous, sometimes making decisions I, th I think is important right now I don't have Haaland in my draft just because I can't make it work money wise because they are like I'm I have some defenders I want to spend up for and I'm not sure it, it will end up this way maybe I get uh, I find a way to leave out like right now I have Guerrero and Angelino in my squad and I think you will have a tough time making a good squad if you've got the three big strikers plus Guerrero plus Angelino. But I think quality-wise, Guerrero and Angelino, they stand out more at defenders than Haaland sticks out as a striker, especially with Dortmund playing Frankfurt on the first match day. So it's not yeah. like it's not an easy game for them. They haven't had a real Preseason, like many of the top clubs, because um, so many players were away a long time after the Euro. Now they got the Corona cases with Meunier and Brandt. So there's a lot of disruption in the Dortmund preseason, which like if right now I have to leave out one of the top uh, three strikers, it would be Haaland. Yeah. Although I know it's, it's really scary because <laughs> yeah, he, he can score three to five goals in any <laughs> given game. Yep. But yeah. That's, uh, I think I might be willing to buy that bullet. Yeah, no, it, it, these are tough decisions and I agree with you. I, I wonder, as you said, we talked off air, but you mentioned the fact that you have gone pricey with your defenders. I personally have taken the approach of trying to save money in my back line to the point that I only have two defenders that are in double digits and neither of them cost more than 11 million. That's Borna Sosa and Kevin Mbabu. 11 and 10 million apiece. And yeah, the rest are, are underneath that. I won't give everything away because there'll be a few names that get mentioned in the rest of this show. But this is an interesting one because we can talk about this flow. This is a difference to the last couple of seasons. We've always kind of known that there was a good chance there'd be a wild card in that first international break. Now 
we know for sure? And this is it. We're not just preparing for pre-season and the whole season now. We are literally looking at this first bit of the campaign as match day one through three. You can gamble. You can have a bit of fun with your team. You can maybe take a few more risks. You can maybe even take the approach of picking only 14 players as opposed to 15 because you fancy your chances of that extra million to get Erling Haaland in your side. You can do that. And the tactics, I think, is probably what we should ask you, Flo. But how, how are you looking to handle these first three match days, this little mini season to kick off the campaign? Yeah, you're, you're totally correct. It's like I'm not looking ahead of these three match days and uh, you can't put yourself in too much of a hole when you think, oh, my, my team sucks and I can't do like it's with three transfers sounds a lot. But like if you, you've done a few bad transfers, like you always feeling like you're lagging behind. You're always like two transfers short of feeling comfortable with your team. And now we've got the advantage that we know like three match days and then everything is new. So I really think it's quite possible that I'm just going in with one goal, one cheap goalkeeper because that will save up like the cheapest combination you get for two goalkeepers who are their number one and ha- not having the same kickoff time. Because then it like it having two goalkeepers only makes sense if they're playing at different kickoff times. Because yeah. then you can swap out like you have your first shot of getting a clean sheet or in official Bundesliga fantasy, you, your goalkeeper can score big even with conceding because... Uh, a lot of points uh, will be acquired by uh, shot saving as well. So if he doesn't have a good uh, performance, you get your second goalkeeper in and you get a second chance of a, of a good performance. And you only can do that if they play on different kickoff times, obviously. So the cheapest combination of goalkeepers that don't have a similar kickoff time, and I'm telling you that, and uh, the the credit should go, as always, to official DNL. Uh, you definitely should follow on Twitter. Uh, really great stuff regarding the fantasy Bundesliga. And they made a, a chart where you can see that. And right now the cheapest combination is Zentner and Lute or Zentner and Horn. Or Lute and Horn. So these are, and that costs you 12 million. Yep. If you want to save up, you can go with Borchardt of Fürth or Riemann of Bochum. They are the cheapest goalkeepers with 5 million. Yep. Pick another goalkeeper, that's 1 million. So you, you, you save yourself 6 million. And that definitely can make a difference to start the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference between Sasa Kalajic and Erling Haaland in your starting lineup, potentially. That's exactly, I have to say, with these first three match days, I am looking at the one goalkeeper strategy because I do think those extra millions might just be important in maybe getting your head out ahead of the chasing pack quite early, potentially. I mean, that's a bit of an insider hint. I mean, the other thing we should mention here, because yes, insider knowledge, if you do pick two goalkeepers and one gets minus points and the second one plays afterwards, you can, whether they're playing or not, put them in and get rid of your minus points. Like there is that strategy. And even if, even if you get minus points in your starting lineup at the end of the match days, as long as you take that player out of your starting lineup within a, I think it's a, like a couple of hours after the final kickoff or the final whistle of the last game, 
you will also get rid of those minus points. And all of your points will still count, even if you do not have 11 players on the pitch. It's a, it's a cheeky little nuance of the game. I'll be honest, I don't agree with it, but I have taken advantage of it before. So, yes. <laughs> just got to be done. Me too, James. Well then, in terms of the first three match days then, flow, should we talk about some teams to invest in? Because I think we've talked about kind of the rules and the, the, the strategy philosophy of this game, but I'm sure there are some people listening going, I need some player picks. Please help me out. Throw some names out there. Give me some suggestions. Inspire me. So let's talk about teams first. Who are you looking at to invest in match days one through three? There are actually quite a lot uh, of teams who have like interesting players to offer and have, have like a really bad schedule. So most important is the first match day, I think. And like clubs, I'm looking for possibly one and done. So getting in a player with the plan to getting rid of the player before the next match day, for instance, is Stuttgart. Stuttgart has a like, great opening match against Fürth, who are on paper the favorites to get relegated. I think you like that's the... It was sensational that they got promoted and then they had like they had pretty important players leave the club. So uh, definitely a, a good first match. Then they're playing Leipzig, which isn't great. Do you want to know my biggest disappointment with Greuther Furt, though, is that Jessic and Gankam yes. got injured because I actually thought he might have been a huge differential this season potentially, but that's yeah. just a by the by. <laughs> and then it's Freiburg, but... The Leipzig game is on Friday evening, so I'm, I'm like, you can ride it out. If you pick Stuttgart players, you can ride it out for that one game because you definitely are able to swap them out if they're not performing at Leipzig. And like I said before, any player can have a good game at any given time. It's like the likelihood of a player exploding at a away game at Leipzig is probably smaller than at home against Fürth, but like it's definitely not a bad idea. So Stuttgart is an interesting one. To look at Leipzig themselves, yeah, not bad, pretty eh? decent schedule. Uh, all standalone fixtures, is, um, if I'm not mistaken. Dortmund is another club. Um, I'd look at Wolfsburg, Leverkusen, uh, Hoffenheim. I, I think Hoffenheim is an interesting squad with a few interesting players. And you, you like if you need to save money, Bielefeld is a squad like you can definitely do the deed there because they're playing at home against Freiburg which is okay and then they're traveling to third and then they're hosting Frankfurt so it's like three games you like you can get away with a cheap Bielefeld player and I like a few Cologne players they, but they starting out against Hertha and then they're traveling to Bayern which is and it's the last game of the match day on match day two so I don't want to have any Cologne players on match day two. But on the third match day, they're hosting Bochum. So it's like, it's a mixed bag for Cologne. And I think Hertha will have a um, better season than last year. And first game at Cologne is decent. Then home game against Wolfsburg is, hmm. And then traveling to Bayern. So it's like, uh, it's also... Uh, Typical one and done. Yes. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we can talk specific players uh, if you'd like. So, um, Leipzig is... Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. 
Let's talk. Let's talk about who's top of the shopping list. Let's go through each position. Who's top of your shopping list? Match day one through three in each position. I know you're, you're going to ignore the goalkeepers now. That's fine. We yeah. don't need to talk about goalkeepers. So let's let's start with the defenders. Who would be top of your shopping list? I, I, I think like is uh, is a close race between Guerrero and Angelino, but I'm I'm going with uh, Guerrero. I, I think like he's uh, like he's just the best footballer who slotted in as a defender in fantasy Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And M- Munier is interesting. Munier is still a midfielder. Yeah, but he has Corona now, a, so like... Well, that's true. It doesn't matter anyway. I know. I'm just talking about the positions on the pitch, you know. I like him very much. First game at Frankfurt, then it's Freiburg, and then it's Hoffenheim. So it's uh, like it's a decent, uh, decent schedule for Dortmund. Yep. Angelino, like we've seen ups and downs with him. His ups have been really, really good. And uh, he had a fell out like he at the end was Nagelsmann didn't work out at all. So he, he's he got a fresh start. So I'm curious to see what he can what he can give. Yeah, that, that pesky thigh injury that was never a thigh injury, but was always a thigh injury. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those, right? They just kept going back and forth with Angelino. Um, I, I think these two, I, I would be shocked if I don't have one of at least one of these two players in my squad come first match day. I see. I'm like I'm right now. I'm I'm sticking to my non-high price defender strategy. So the player I I will throw out because I mean this is another one, right? I'm looking at Wolfsburg and looking at their first two games of the season against Bochum and Hertha and thinking, oh, you know, Wolfsburg they barely conceded any goals last season, but that was under Oliver Glasner. This is now under Mark van Bommel. You have no idea whether they're going to be as defensively resilient as they were. You'd like to think that the players like Mbabu, Maxence Lacroix will kind of maintain their level, but you just don't know. Nevertheless, Kevin Mbabu at 10 million is someone that I cannot get past. And I will also happily say that I'm considering double, doubling up in Wolfsburg's back line for the first three match days. Because even if there is a change at the top, I do think not only are they good to get points going forward, Mbabu we saw last season can get forward, can have shot involvements, but they potential of a clean sheet bonus as well. And that's it. I think with defenders flow, I think we've always looked at it. Clean sheets are the bonus points. They're, you know, they're not the ones that you're looking to rely on. You shouldn't be picking defenders going, oh, right, they're going to get me a clean sheet every week. You want the ones that are getting forward and getting involved in the shots. And the clean sheet is three bonus points if you get them. And so, yeah, Mbabu at that point stands out. Yeah. But for match day one, I will say, yeah, Borna Sosa, he is in my squad because I expect him to pick up right when he loved her. But how confident are you that Mbabu is going to be in the starting 11? So I'm, I've got my doubts there. That's... Like, that's my problem with him. Well, for me, he was Wolfsburg's best right back after he came back from injury. He was then a pretty solid option for Switzerland during the Euros and got forward for them as well. And I just, I can't see anyone knocking him out of that spot. I mean, William's not going to come back from the Schalke loan and all of a sudden be first choice, is he? I can't see it happening. Yeah, but like, Riddle Baku can play there. And like, I've seen some predicted lineup with Baku as a right defender. And so... If Baku goes to right back flow, Mark Van Bommel doesn't have a clue what he's doing because that yeah, man was but, like who m- says he knows what he's doing. Like. <laughs> true, very true. But we'd like to think there's a bit of competency for someone that won the Bundesliga as many times as he did. But I, yeah, I, I would like to think on Babu is again. We're, uh, Flo's mentioned this already, ladies and gents. We're recording this before the Pokal, so if Wolfsburg play in the Pokal and Mbappé's not in the starting lineup, I may reconsider this. But I have a feeling that Mbappé will be the first choice right back for Wolfsburg this season, and at ten million, I think that's worth investing in. But Wolfsburg, I mean, Wolfsburg's backline as a whole is worth investing in, if I'm honest. So there should there could be an interesting one 
with Palo Otavio out, out injured as well, that might mean Roussillon comes in and becomes a factor at 7 million. Yes. That yeah. might be the double up that I go for, you know, so I'll let, letting the cat out of the bag there. But this is it. I'm looking at Bayern, Leipzig and Wolfsburg as the three to invest in in the first three match days. And then after match day one, I'm looking at Frankfurt and Mainz because I do have a sneaky feeling Mainz will pick up where they left off. They've got Leipzig first day of the season, not easy, but then Bochum and uh, Furt afterwards. Yeah. Those are two games I'd like to invest in. Frankfurt, a bit the same. Dortmund first game, but then Augsburg and Bielefeld. So, and, and plus with Frankfurt, I need to see how they line up on match day one before I commit to them at all. I don't want to invest in them whatsoever right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree, uh, especially with Frankfurt and Mainz. Yeah. I, I, I just want to watch the first game and then bring them in. That's that's my plan as well. So how how about a midfielder then? Who's top of your shopping list for midfield? Yeah, I, I think another defender. If you're looking to score big on the first match day, is Bona Sosa for 11 million. Yeah, you you mentioned him. We mentioned him before, but I, I, the problem with him is the second match day where they're traveling to Leipzig. Ah, but like, for, for- but he's one of the guys who like he hits so many crosses in, and he like he has a. Two meter guy in the center, who's like <laughs> basically towering over every defender, which definitely yeah. helps him um, picking up points. So that's it. He's, he's got an easy target, even if he wasn't one of the best crossers, if not the best crosser in the Bundesliga. The fact is, he is one of the best crossers in the Bundesliga on top of that. And with Borna Sosa, we did see at times he was fixture proof at times as well last season. So don't panic too much on him. But yeah, let's let's move on to midfield then, Flo. Top of the shopping list in midfield. For me, it's in Kunku because yeah. I think his starting spot should be pretty safe with Danny Olmo first playing the European Championship and um, then playing at the Olympics as well for Spain. I don't think that Danny Olmo will be a big factor starting the season. And... Uh, and Kunku, 14 million, like his shot involvement is always at the top if you count it per minute. The only problem is like you always have this kind of dance with him from being on the bench, starting, being on the bench and starting and or getting substituted out early. And uh, I, I think he he's pretty safe starting the season. Leipzig have good fixtures. He can be a difference maker. And I'm definitely like, he's close to being the the first guy on my team sheet. Yeah, I mean, given the form we've seen from Nkunku in the fantasy world, it's, it's really hard to argue against him. And he would have been even you know, further up the scoring list last season if he had been a consistent starter. And that was the problem. But again, that's one of those things you never know. Under Jesse Marsh, he may be a consistent starter. Marsh may not be as inclined to rotate up front as often as Nagelsmann was. This is the many of the questions that we are facing coming into this. And so for that reason, I mean, midfield, it was very hard for me to get away from Leon Goretzka being the first pick. I think this is a, a player with a point to prove. And I like, weirdly, even though he doesn't have set pieces, I like him over Kimmich at 14 million compared to 15 million. It's a 1 million difference and Kimmich has set pieces, but I just have a feeling that Goretzka is going to have a big season. And so I think, especially for the first three match days, it's worth maybe jumping on that bandwagon to see how he fares. You can always jump off it if it does turn out that Kimmich starts streaking ahead, which is possible. I'm not, I'm not uh, denying that fact at all. 
but it's hard to get past Leon Goretzka for me at 14 million. And there's, a, I mean, it's a, there's a lot of midfielders at 14 million, but the thing with Bayern as well is that we've lost a couple more midfielders who have become forwards in the summer break, you know, because Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, they're all, Leroy Sane is now a forward as well. So really your midfield options from Bayern flow are Goretzka and Kimmich. Yeah, almost Yala if he starts. So it's a Friday evening game. And that's the benefit of having a Friday evening game. Is like if for some reason Musiala is in the starting lineup for 12 million, uh, he's definitely interesting to me. I'm not sure that like I can bring in Goretzka for 40 million, ah, who, who doesn't really play that attacking role, and all attacking midfielders of Bayern are slotted in as strikers in the game. And the reason for that is. It's the official Bundesliga game, so it takes the official words from the club. So how the club is uh, defining a player, that's what leads to a player being slotted in a certain position in like 98% of the time. And Bayern has players like Nabri and Zane down as strikers. So they are strikers in the game. That's, that's it, the I mean, easy explanation for that. Yeah, there, there are there are many reasons not to like Bayern Munich as a club. The fact that they don't factor in fantasy players when they make these decisions is right yeah, at the top of that list. Really, <laughs> really inconsiderate. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous, you know? But that's, that's it. I mean, Goretzka for me seems like the better way in. And I, I think our last season I argued it was Kimmich. This season I've, I've got a feeling about Goretzka. But let's move on to the strikers. Who are you going for? Match days one through three. If you had to pick one, who are you backing? You should do the the first pick because <laughs> otherwise I would sound I'll, okay, then pretty I'll, I'll, dull. <laughs> then, then I am. I will stick my neck out there, and I know it's a change of team, but I think Andre Silva is a lock in my squad. And even if I do have a few doubts, I have a feeling I'm just going to put him in my squad, see what happens, and then maybe go from there. But I, I like the game against Mainz, and you know the first three fixtures for Leipzig are, are tidy, and I feel like Silva will probably get at least two goals in those three yeah I'm, I, if not more you know i agree with you on principle and i usually don't pick Lewandowski, but maybe there are many new listeners out there so i'm going with Lewandowski. although he's 17 million so he's the highest price player in the game which is how it should be but he like he's totally different from harland because he can score even without scoring a goal uh, in the fantasy game because he has like a lot of shot involvement. Year after year after year, he's the guy who gets the most shots in the Bundesliga. And for every two shots, he gets two points in the fantasy game. And that's definitely adding up. So although I don't like the first game and Bayern had uh, abysmal preseason so far, and it wouldn't sh- I-, I think it's quite likely that they don't get a win at Gladbach. But still, like the two games after that, two juicy home games for Bayern. And like, I think it would be a mistake not going with Lewandowski for that, for these two games. And since the start of the season is a Friday evening game, I, 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 did, I can't see myself not get, going with Lewandowski. 
Uh, that's it. I mean, if I cast my mind back to, you know, season two or even season one of Talking Fußball Fantasy Flow, I think one of the big questions in this preseason show that we did was always, is Lewandowski worth his price tag? I don't even ask the question anymore because he is. It just, it's season on season. They can't price him high enough. And I'm glad they don't try and overprice him. They don't do something silly like making 20 million and, and make it really extortionate. But his price tag is always worth it because Lewandowski, as Flo says, has a much lower baseline than Erling Haaland does, even games he doesn't score. And I've realized now, I mean, anybody listening to the show for the first time will be going, oh, great, this is some, we've got some player picks coming out. Now, people that know the show will know that we have three player picks at the end of every episode. They go Vegas Choice, Super Schnepfchen, and The Banker. I've realized now we've done The Banker first in these player picks, so we've got the obvious people out of the way. What we can now do is offer you some maybe differential picks out there as well, and some to help bust those budgets as well if you need to. So, Flo, talk to me about Vegas Choice Again, we'll break it down position by position, defender, midfield, striker. In terms of a defender, who are you looking at as a Vegas choice for match days one through three? Listeners of the show who have been here for some time know that I like Nordi Mukiele and I rate him pretty highly. He's priced at 10 million. So if he gets the job as a right back of Leipzig, I think he's interesting, really interesting for me. If he's not starting and Benjamin Henrys is the guy who gets the job, that might be even more uh, interesting because he's priced at 8 million. So um, I, I'm definitely watching this race for the right back position. If it's Tyler Adams, who's a midfielder in the game, so I'm not interested at all at that position. Another guy you already mentioned, Jerome Roussillon. If he's the guy who gets the Otavio job, 7 million, his price tag of Wolfsburg. And let me see another guy who is more pricey, Christian Günther for Freiburg, but we've seen him really perform. Can I, I'll throw another name out there, although admittedly I don't know the price tag off the top of my head, but I did wonder whether Christopher Lentz might make a bit of an impact at Frankfurt. Because, I mean, he's up against Philip Kostic, depending on what system is played there now as well. I mean, that is it. But we did see him actually put in some pretty good shifts for Union in a fantasy sense, Christopher Lentz. Yeah, he, he's definitely interesting. Like, he, if he gets a starting job, uh, he's one of the top targets for match day two. Yeah, nine um, million. So I'm, I agree with you in principle. I'm not looking to, like, throw him into the deep end on the first match day at Dortmund. So that's not what I'm going to do. No, I'd, I mean, I'd agree with that. My, my, pick, yeah, my pick would I, be Roussillon anyway. I think at seven million, I, I, I get the impression he'll get the nod for that left-back role. And, and I think at that point... He, he maybe has a chance then to really stake a claim to be the first choice left back. I agree. And I'd like to think that he might seize it. And so, yeah, I think at 7 million, that for me isn't even too much of a risky move yeah. to, to bring in Roussillon at that price. Uh, another guy I, I willing to at least watch is Jeremy Frimpong of Leverkusen. He's 7 million and he's the only right back still standing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Leverkusen, so he really has no competition right now. Although I will say, having seen them play in preseason flow, I am not investing in Leverkusen's backline at all. No, <laughs> no, they. I, I haven't. I haven't seen them. I mean, they, they've been they've been ropier than they were at the end of last season. And while I'm sure things can tighten up, I, I it, it, for me, Leverkusen, I, I keep waiting for them to change this flow. But Leverkusen, when it comes to the fantasy game, are strikers and midfielders only. In my okay. book, I don't think there are viable options outside of that. I'll happily be proven wrong to give us some some more uh, options in that back line, you know, because if Leverkusen could get their back line together, they, I mean, it'd be great, but they just haven't. And it's been, I think, I think I've been waiting on this for four seasons now. 
Yeah, okay. They're not waffle tight. They're not waffle tight, mate. That's that's something that we like here (laughs) at TFF, the waffle tight back four. If it's not the case, so I'm. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't think I told you. I managed to sneak that into my match day 34 commentary. I've got to clip it and send it to you. But I actually managed to get Waffle Tight into my commentary. I told you I would, and I managed it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think some listeners will have a big question mark over their head right now. But well, yes, they will. I mean, I could explain it. Yeah. Flo mentioned he was talking about a backline, trying to say watertight. He said Waffle Tight. It's stuck, and we like it here. It's now the inside joke on Talking Football Fantasy. So yes, if you do hear the phrase Waffle Tight, that is why we are referring to it. But this. Is it? I mean, we've talked about the fact that defenders aren't always about being in waffle type defenses. Let's say it really is about them getting forward. I think we've given them some good options in midfield. Who are you looking at as a Vegas choice? I really like Stuart Sada uh, of Hatta. He's having an outstanding preseason. I liked him before as a player. I mean, I even had him on the list a few times when he was playing for Schalke, and that should tell you something. So I'm <laughs> I'm pretty high on Stuart Sada. The opening schedule of Hatta is not the best, but I still like. I still think he's a pretty interesting pick, at least for the first two match days. So uh, he he's definitely a guy I consider. In the same game on the first match day is Florian Kainz. He's also having a great preseason. He's now uh, overtook Ut and Duda being the set piece takers for Cologne. If preseason is any indication. So, and with him, we always knew that if he's on the pitch, he likes to get unnecessary shots at goal, which is a great thing for fantasy. So it's not a game for the expected goals crowd, maybe, in that <laughs> regard. So, <laughs> But that's definitely a good thing. Kainz is an interesting player, but second game is brutal for him but that's something to look at but again we can't you can I feel like this is a point that needs to be stressed you can ride those games out with a player like Kainz you can leave him in your squad he may not get the best points tally but as long as you've got enough flexibility in the rest of your team you can leave him on your bench by the end of the match day if he has underperformed you know and and that's that's one of the beauties of the Bundesliga fantasy is that you might look at your starting or your 15 players and go oh man I really wish I could have got rid of him and him this weekend with my three free transfers didn't have enough I've ridden it out and actually hold on a second I put them in the team because I can I've got the flexibility I can always take them out and they scored 10 points I'll leave them in because they're actually not my lowest scoring player anymore so yeah, this game can surprise you yeah I agree in principle but Kainz is playing on the last kickoff against Bayern <laughs> on match day two so you you don't have that flexibility with Bad him example. But, Bad example, uh, on then. principle I agree and I'm I'm also I'm obliged to mention Renato Steffen of Wolfsburg for nine million, who's always just been a reliable source of points if he's on the pitch, and it looks like he will be in the starting eleven, especially with Brekalot trying everything to getting out of Wolfsburg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not making his moves subtle. Let's say, Mister Yossip. No, I agree with you. I, I like all those picks actually, but admittedly, the name I've got down is a different one. And I normally don't go for newly promoted teams, but there's something about now to position Julian Green for six million in midfield that seems like a good pick. When the fact is, for don't have the toughest fixtures in their first three: Stuttgart away, Bielefeld at home, Mainz away. And for me, Julian Green can potentially be a bit of a differential there because he will be out of position. He does play up front for foot, so he should be involved in a fair few shots on goal. And uh, a bit like Flo mentioned, he, he throws in that unnecessary shot every now and again, which is terrible when you're a foot fan, but when you're a fantasy player, it's excellent. You love to see it. 
And I think he's a set piece taker as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that Fürth has it what you need to be competitive in the Bundesliga. So that's my my issue with them. If they're not getting shots, that's definitely that, that's something we'll talk about later in the season when we got the statistics, and um, you'll see that like the the shot production of teams will vary immensely between like the bottom with teams who get like six shots on goal per game, and other teams got eighteen, and it's just like with eighteen you got a lot of more more fantasy fantasy points are produced by these teams and with teams who don't have any shots. I mean, we had that with uh, Ritsu Doan last season with Bielefeld. They, like, Doan, he, he was involved in 40% uh, or so in all shots that Bielefeld took, but it was just like they just had eight shots per game. And then, and then in the end, you got outlier games when Bielefeld produces like 15 to 20 shots and you, and you got a great points haul. But um, uh, as a whole, you, you don't get as many points of these clubs. And I I fear that Fürth might be one of these clubs who don't like regularly have single-digit shots on goal per game. And then it's really tough to for an attacking player um, of this team to really perform in the fantasy game. I, I, you know what? I agree with every point there. I'm just going to take a risk on Julian Green potentially at the, the start of this season just because of those first three fixtures and the fact that he's out of position. I might live to regret that one, but those are the types of risks that I can take. I think between these first three match days, given the fact that it is this mini season and I can always ship him out on the international break if necessary. Right, let's move on to the strikers then, because they're, uh, I mean, it's a tough one. We talked about the fact that you've got Silver Hall and Lewandowski. It's very difficult to rationalise picking anyone outside of those three. And then it's even harder to rationalise picking anyone below 10 million in the striker pool. But Flo, if you had to, who would you go for? Uh, I think they're actually two uh, I find very interesting. You got one of them, so uh, I'll leave uh, him out. But Jorginho Rutter of Hoffenheim, 7 million. He's one of the winner of preseason so far. Ilas Babu also got Corona, and right now it looks like he will play up front uh, as a number nine for them. Um, highly talented player, 19 years old, and uh, I, I think with also Hoffenheim having a um, pretty decent schedule to start off the season, uh, I think he's an interesting pick. And he's in my draft right now, I wow. can tell you that. So he's a guy I'm looking to save money with up front if I'm going that route. Okay. No, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's maybe the sacrifice you have to make when you have Guerrero and Angelino in your first draft as well. The player I wrote down that Flo did mention, Emedin Demirovic. I think Freiburg, yeah, I mean, they're a team that you can kind of rely on at all times. But I get the impression that Demirovic will very much be the first choice striker. That's what we saw at the end of last season. And, and arguably for the majority of last season, Nils Pedersen had the odd start here and there, but he was very much the guy coming off the bench. And, you know, that's his specialty. You know, he loves scoring off the bench. He's the record holder in that regard in Bundesliga history books. But at 9 million, I think Emedin Demirovic could actually be an interesting shout because, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't break the bank and for me, looks likely to be guaranteed a start. And Freiburg do have goals in them. They're not the highest scoring side. They don't have the most shots on average per game, but they never do too poorly. Yeah, I'll, I like him as well. It's just like right now I have 
zero zero euros or oh, quits or dollars yeah. or whatever in the bank. <laughs> so I've spent all my money and the two million difference between Ruta and Demiroj make my team work. That's just how it is. Yeah. But that's key. You know, it is key. Yeah. I mean, it, I would, that's one of the big things we would advise. Make sure you pick a team that's within your budget for match day one. It's definitely one of the basics of the game. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, let's go to Super Schnellchen actually on that note, because it's the perfect segue. We're talking about kind of working with a limited budget, trying not to blow it all, but you need to maybe find a few players just to add a bit of relief. We have mentioned some already in those Vegas choices, but let's talk about Super Schnepchen and we'll rip, whip through these a little faster because I've actually got to head off. So Flo, you know what? I'm going to pick my three-a-side team here. My defender is Luca Nets, who's just moved to Gladbach from Hertha. He's 5 million, could start, admittedly, against Bayern first day of the season. Not great, but their fixtures after that do improve. And with Rami Benzabaini out injured, Luca Nets should start. My midfielder is Marco Richter, 7 million, because I have a feeling he might play a big part under Marcus Weinzel, and I liked his form under Weinzel at the end of last season, though he didn't get goals. And then my striker, and I have to admit, this is the first player I looked up when the fantasy game came out, because I was hoping he was a midfielder, and he's not, but I'll pick him nevertheless. His name is Mark Oot, because at 8 million for Köln, we saw what he can do with Köln uh, when he went on a half-season loan there, and I like the prospect of him with the Cathedral City Club over the course of a whole season. Okay, I definitely like this picks. I think we are obliged to mention Omar Richards at least once, so I'm going to do that. Eight million, probably starting as a left-back for Bayern in the opening game. So he's not a super Schnäppchen, but he's at least a Schnäppchen. By Bayern standards, he's a super Schnäppchen. Eight million for a Bayern starting player, that's a super Schnäppchen. Getting that out of the way, my super Schnäppchen in defense is Atakan Karasor of Stuttgart, Mangala is injured, so he'll probably play as a holding midfielder uh, alongside Endo to start off the season against Fürth, and he's a defender in the game. So that's a total win for three million. I'm going with Karasor, unless like we see something different in the cup. I'm 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 definitely going uh, this route in midfield. Jan Thielmann of Cologne, four million, also winner of preseason, plays up front, is a midfielder in the game. So if that is going to hold, if he's going to hold that position, I think pretty good way to save some budget in midfield. And up front, I think it's really tough. I already mentioned Ritter for 7 million. I prefer him. Another guy for 7 million who is likely to start is Karim Bellarabi. And he's also a guy who likes to get shots on goal. Bellarabi of Leverkusen. So he would be my choice up front. You know what? And I like all three choices, a Thielman especially. I, you know what? I actually hadn't clocked that he was a midfielder until you wrote him down in our script here. And I'm, I, I like that prospect. If anything, he might have actually just tipped Julian Green in my, in my draft now. You never know about that. But okay. We will leave it there, ladies and gents for today's show, a preseason episode to hopefully inspire and get those juices flowing when it comes to making your own fantasy choices. Uh, we will be with you throughout the season and something fun that we can tell you about as well. And I mentioned this in the intro, the fact is our expert status flow and I has been confirmed because there will be a fantasy Bundesliga experts league for the 2021-22 campaign flow and I are both in it. So we will be posting out the invitation link on our social media platforms as well as the Talking Foosball account 
out. So we'd love you all to get involved. The more, the merrier. And I'll speak for myself. I might be a little easier to beat this season than last season. Um, so I won't speak for Flo because I think he has a, he's got his eye on the prize. I'm set. I'm you are set. right on that top yeah. prize. I know, Flo, you're going to be tough to beat this season. But yeah, you'll be hearing from us throughout the season. For now, we will leave it there for today's episode. Go give us a follow on Twitter, like us on Facebook, whatever you do, whatever your social media jam is, uh, you can go there. For now, from me, your host, James Thurgood, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.